0: Everyone, you don't have to look you don't have to clap, don't worry for that. <laughs> well, I'm Pastor Prudipin, and uh, I'm excited to share. We are in our Best gift series, talking about how Jesus is the greatest gift of all time. And today, we are in our December 17th Best Gift service, where we're praying that we can raise $26,000, that we can start off with a Sprint in 2018. Not a limp. And so I'm really excited. For those of you who are new here, hey, we are a church and we're not here just because we want your money. So don't feel any pressure or anything like that. But if you want to be a part of what God is doing here in Bellevue, I encourage you to invest in this exciting endeavor. And so I'm going to get into this message. And uh, I, I just want to say, though, I'm really excited also about next week because we have a Christmas Eve service and Santa is coming. It's gonna be crazy. We're doing free photos and we got a lot of good things going on and on Facebook, you know how on Facebook events you can press interested or going on there? Well, we have about 900 people who have signed up and we can hold 300 people in here. And so it is gonna be exciting and not a mess and not a disaster, amen. Can we give this a round of applause for that? The God of Order, the God of Order is gonna be here next week. It's gonna be amazing. Please come and help us run this thing and make it just a huge success. A lot of people come to church for the first time on Christmas Eve and in the Christmas season. And so we really believe that this is going to be a great time, a strategic time, where we can make known the beauty of Jesus. Amen? Amen. All right. I want to read from a few passages of Scripture this morning. And I'm going to be talking about extravagant worship. And I want to start off by reading from Matthew 2, 9 through 11. And it says this. Christmas season in this Advent season this is a scripture about baby Jesus and the star they had seen in the east guided them to Bethlehem it was ahead of them and stopped over the place where the child was when they saw the star they were filled with joy they entered the house and saw the child with his mother Mary and they bowed down and worshiped him then they opened their treasure chest gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. In this story of Christmas, we see that there's a baby born, God with us. God became flesh. Emmanuel, that's what Emmanuel means. God with us. And they are magicians, magi magicians, and they actually saw a star, and they discerned that this star was a prophetic symbol of God coming on earth in the form of a child. So they follow this They're thinking it's going to be amazing, and they ended up in this major situation, and they see the baby Jesus, and their reaction is that they worship him, and not only do they worship him, the scripture says that they bow down, and not only do they bow down, but they open up a chest, and they give him sweet baby Jesus, six-pound, eight-ounce Jesus. They give him gold, frankincense, and myrrh, and at face value, these are kind of strange gifts actually know what they are and I know what that's like. I have a little baby and people give us strange gifts for him all the time. Thank you for the machete. He's going to love it. He'll look forward to it. But we're going to wait until he's four months old until he can use it. And so these magi give sweet baby Jesus gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And it's such a strange gift. And this Christmas season, right, and Christmas, it's all about the gifts a lot of the times. What am I going to get so-and-so? i got to get on Amazon. Oh, my goodness, it's Christmas Eve. I need to shop. Where are my Christmas Eve shoppers? Yep. Come on, somebody. Don't be afraid. Don't be ashamed. God is never late, but he's always on time. Come on. And so it's crazy getting these gifts. And it's weird, though, because on Christmas, we're so concerned about getting everybody a gift except for the birthday boy. And she's like, what did you get me? Nothing, Jesus. Sorry. Happy birthday. (laughs) And so I thought it would be fun in this sermon for all of us to say, hey, if it's the birthday of Jesus, let's ask the question, what would Jesus want for his birthday? I think that's a fair question, right? What would Jesus want on his birthday? What does the birthday boy want? And uh, I wonder if these magi had that question in their heart. What does Jesus want? And these are strange gifts to give a baby. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And real quickly, they aren't that strange because in this Christmas season, we celebrate Jesus. Jesus is the reason of the season. We put the Christ in Christ mass, Christmas,
1: and gold represented that they believe that Jesus would be king,
0: the king of kings, the Lord of lords, the one who controls it all, the one who has dominion and power and glory for Ever and ever. Jesus is king. Amen. And so he's worthy of the gift of gold, and so they gave it to him. Because you give a gift towards someone, and it represents what you believe above them. They believed Jesus was king, so they gave him gold. Not only that, they gave him frankincense, which was a, a representation of the priesthood of Jesus. A priest was basically someone who is your advocate, someone who is a middleman, an intermediary. And Jesus is our high priest that can resonate with our problems. He suffers with us. He, on the cross, took the pain and the sin of all humanity. We don't have a Lord who can't understand what we're going through because he's our priest, and he has our back. And they gave him the gift of frankincense, saying, Jesus, you will be our high priest. You will have our back. You will stand in the gap for us. And not only that, they gave him the gift of myrrh, which is a really, really creepy gift to give of a baby. Because myrrh is something that is like an ointment that you put on someone to be prepared for burial. Could you imagine that? If I had a baby and someone's first gift was like a cremation kit, I'd be like, what are you doing? Thank you, but can I have the receipt? (laughs) And so they gave Jesus the gift of myrrh, a gift that was to prepare a body for death. Why? Because they realized that Jesus would be the ultimate sacrifice. Dying, not just king of kings, not just someone who prays for us and has our back, but someone who's willing to pay the ultimate price of dying a criminal's debt, where sin, the ugliness of sin and all of our mistakes would be transformed into something beautiful, a God that loved us so much that he would die for us. Aren't you amazed that we serve a God like that? Can we give Jesus a round of applause like that? a <laughs> great strange at all. Maybe it was at face value, but when you understand the symbols of it, it's super strange. But giving gifts that you don't want or need can be something that is a little uh, jarring. My my wife and I, Pastor Marita here, on date night, we have a date night every Thursday. We got a little tip because I said, hey, I, I bought you some bat salts for your birthday, and you acted like you were really grateful for those, but you don't use them. And she's like, honey, you know I don't take baths." <laughs> I just let that sit there. She's like, it's just like sitting in your own filthy water. And you people like that, you don't like taking a bath because you just feel like you're floating in your own floaters.
1: And it's like, gross. <laughs> you're like, I don't want to be there. <laughs> so I was like, well, I'm a little offended. You acted like you
0: were grateful for the gift, but you didn't use it. And so that's where my pain is. And then she said, well, remember when I bought you that mat? You acted like you didn't like it because guess what, I didn't like the map. And so she gives me this gift, and, I, and I'm not smiling, I'm not excited, I'm actually a little upset. A pastor. I'm a pastor. But I was a little ungrateful, I was a little upset, but I use the map every single day. So you guys, tell me, for a marriage. Let's just process this up real quick right now. I love her, we've got a great marriage, it's amazing. But what's worse, being excited, By not using the gift or not being excited but using the gift? Who picks option one, being excited first? (laughs) (laughs) Who picks option two, actually using the gift? Alright! God bless you, my wife. (laughs) Uh, You know, but she's a great wife and she will use those bad cells one day (laughs) for baby. But it's hard getting a gift that you don't want in on. there's this late night show, Jimmy Kimmel, he hosts this late night show, and he challenged his uh, his audience that were parents to give your kids a gift that they won't like, have them unwrap it and film the whole thing and we'll put it on our show, which is a really cruel concept when you're a kid looking for a great gift. And nobody who's a, a, a person of God that's loving and holy would ever want to see something as cruel like that, right? Unless you- do you want you want to see it? You guys want to watch perfume on his head. Some of those present were saying indignantly to one another, why this waste of perfume? It could have been sold for more than a year's wages and the money given to the poor. And they rebuked her harshly. Leave her alone, said Jesus. Why are you bothering her? She has done a beautiful thing to me. I love that word beautiful there. In the Greek, that word is kalos. Come on, somebody. She has done a beautiful thing to me. The poor you will always have with you. and You can help them anytime you want, but you will not always have me. She did what she could. She poured
1: perfume on my body beforehand to prepare for my burial. Truly
0: I tell you, wherever the gospel is preached throughout the world, what she has done will also be told in memory. I think that this scripture is a window of the character of Jesus. Can you
1: imagine being this woman? There's a party held in the honor of Jesus. Jesus
0: is reclining at this party, which I, I love, you know, that Jesus would recline at this
1: party. He was lounging at the party. Sometimes you have this idea of Jesus that he's just
0: rigid and stiff, and he would never go to a party. You could never find him laughing or hanging out, but Jesus is reclining at the party. Like walking around, just releasing dust. Whoa! is typically imported from India. Come on, somebody. <laughs> I know my spike. I know my spike And so she breaks open this alabaster jar, which is extremely significant. In that day and age, typically when you're proposing to a husband, you would take this, this, this alabaster jar in some cultures, and you would actually anoint your future husband. And it was a very powerful symbol, because this was worth a year's wages. And was a dowry. And this lady is typically saying, hey, Jesus, I'm here for you. I love you. Yeah, this dowry represents my future hope, my future longing to get married someday, my future just ambition to have a family and to have the security. But Jesus, I, I, I see your value, and I trust you, and I'm going to break this open on you. She didn't just open it. She broke it. There's no going back. This is my life now. This is my extravagant sacrifice. And can you imagine being this woman? It's a story. It's a room filled with all men. And this woman goes, and she just breaks in there, and she says, I love Jesus. I don't care if they judge me. I don't care if they call me an immoral woman. I don't care if they judge me because I am a woman. I'm boldly going to Jesus, and I'm going to anoint him. And the scriptures say that she anointed and washed his feet with her hair, which was scandalous in itself. She uh, releases her hair and then cries over his feet, washing him with weeping of adoration and extravagant worship and sacrifice. Oh, I look up to this woman so much. And she anoints Jesus. She anoints Jesus, which is a bold statement in itself. When you anoint someone like to be a king, that means typically You are a person of value in a society. Like when King David is anointed by a prophet, or kings in the Roman Empire are anointed, it's usually someone of high authority anointing, but Jesus says, hey, don't bother her, let her do it. She is of value. I receive her anointing. She has prepared me for burial. I just love this Jesus reclining at a party, bringing dignity to a woman, bringing dignity to all of humanity. This is the Jesus that we serve. And Jesus says, he stands up for her in her extravagant worship, and he says, hey, don't bother her. She has done a beautiful thing for me. People try to say to her, hey, this was an expensive sacrifice. She could use this to give to the poor. But Jesus says, hey,
1: get out of her face. Stop bothering her. She has done a beautiful thing for me. She has done a beautiful thing for me. And and today, as we're, we're talking
0: about this best gift, My heart is that Jesus would say of us, we are doing beautiful things for him. That our heart would scream, we love you, Jesus, we see what you're worth, we value you, and we want to do a beautiful thing for you. And when we extravagantly give, when we extravagantly worship like this woman did, I believe it does three things, and that's what I'm going to be touching on through this sermon, that number one, when we extravagantly give in our sacrificial worship, it, number one, it communicates what we value, number two, it changes the atmosphere, and number three, it creates a legacy. Dear Father, I pray that we would understand the depth of what your scripture communicates today. Lord, I pray that we would not only be hearers, but doers of your word. Father, that we would see what you're doing and respond. And Jesus, today, from the bottom of our hearts, we want to communicate that we value you, that we love you, and we appreciate you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. You know, Luke 7, Jesus is talking about this passage. He says this in verse 44. It says, and turning to the woman, he says, Simon, do you see this woman? When I entered your house, you did not give me water for my feet but she wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You did not greet me with a kiss, but she has not stopped kissing my feet since I arrived. You did not anoint my head with oil, but she anointed my feet with perfume. Therefore I tell you, because her many sins have been forgiven, she has loved much, but he who has been forgiven little, loves little. I want to share that when we give extravagantly, we, we communicate what we value. Because you can give without loving, but you can't love without giving. Now I want you to lift this sink in. You can't give without loving, but you cannot love without giving. When you love something, you naturally want to give. For God so loved the world that he, he gave his son, that we might have everlasting love. If I was going to propose to Amritha and I said, hey, hey, I love you, but I'm not willing to give you anything. I'm not willing to give you any of my time. I'm not willing to invest in this relationship at all. She would probably at some point be like, what is love? Baby, don't hurt me. She'd be like, wait, you're not willing to give me any time, any treasure? Where's my ring? Like, do you really love me? Because you can, yeah, you can give without love. You can give from obligation, but you cannot love without giving. Giving is a fruit of loving. When you love something, you're willing to invest in it. And I think that's so amazing. And this gold, this treasure, we're saying, Jesus, we value you. You know, there's this song we used to sing back in the day. I loved it. But we would say, Lord, you are more precious than You guys remember that song? St. Jesus, you are the ultimate value in our life. There's this great quote from Louis Galeos. It says, it's easy. It's easy. You simply follow the trail of your time, your affection, your energy, your money, and your allegiance. At the end of that trail, you'll find a throne. And whatever or whoever is on that throne is of what's the highest value to you. On that throne is what you worship. That this woman extravagantly sacrificed for Jesus. In the scriptures, it says Judas actually complains. Judas says, hey, this can have been given to the poor. This was, a, this was worth a year's wages. And so Jesus, or Judas, he, he criticizes this, he complains about this. And the scripture actually says that he is a thief and he helped himself to the offering. So his, his words, while well, they sound great, it sounds like he's this great humanitarian, like I'm Judas. We should give this to the poor. I'm amazing. Look at this great statement I'm making. Don't waste this on Jesus. Give it to the poor, which sounds great, but we realize through the inside of the scriptures that he's actually stealing from them. And we know what Jesus was worth to Judas. He's worth 30 pieces of silver. That's what he got when he betrayed Jesus. But to this woman, she communicated, Jesus, you are worth my future. You are worth my prayer. You are worth me being put in awkward situations. I am not ashamed to extravagantly worship you because you are my everything. You are my everything. When I was first falling in love with Jesus and first becoming a follower of Jesus, I remember I was at the Mall of America, the biggest mall in America, born and raised in Minnesota. Come on, didn't you? Ha (laughs) ha, Minnesota. And so, And this guy, I'm not exaggerating, he walks up to me and my friends with a trench coat and he opens it up. And in his trench coat is not nudity. It is a bunch of necklaces and jewelry. He he says, hey, you want to get some gold chains? I'll sell it to you. I'll give you a good deal. He's like, these things are worth like a thousand dollars. And I was like, oh my goodness, this is a lifetime chance of an opportunity. I've got to take advantage of it. So I said, I'll take that necklace, but I'll only give you 20 bucks. He's like, oh man, this is worth a thousand dollars. You can't do that. So said, I'll give you 20 bucks. And he says, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and so I give him $20. I get this nice gold chain and I'm wearing it. I love like. it. I'm like, I got a thousand dollar chain, y'all. I, got, I look good. Where's my future wife, brita? I look good. <laughs> and I'm so proud of this. It's a $1,000 chain, right? No red flags there. It's totally (laughs) legit, totally authentic. And uh, I'm walking around. I'm bragging to my friends, man. I'm bragging harder about this this gold chain than I brag about cryptocurrency and Bitcoin, all right? So I'm bragging about this thing like crazy, and uh, uh, I'm in this church service, and there's an offering taking place for missionaries that's working Peru. and the the missionaries make an appeal to give. The Holy Spirit whispers to me,
1: give that authentic gold chain. Actually, the Holy Spirit didn't say authentic at all.
0: Give that chain to the mission to work. And it, it represented such a huge struggle in my heart. Because I was like, Lord, you have my heart, but I look so good in this chain. And when am I ever going to find a chain like this again? Never. This was a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. I can't, I can't do it, Jesus. Like, I can't do it. This is awful. Oh. I just felt like the Holy Spirit said, trust me, like, give, my, give me your life. Don't just worship me with your mouth. Don't just lift your hands up. Don't just sing, like, let, worship in a real way. Worship in a way that hurts, sacrificially. Not just out of the overflow, but give like you mean it. Give like I mean something. Prove it. Show me who's the Lord of your life. And I was like, ah! Oh my goodness. And so I, it was honestly one of the hardest decisions of my life that time. But I put that gold chain I just watched all my future girlfriends disappear. I just watched my street head disappear. But that was a a remarkable moment in my faith life. Because it was when I said, Jesus, you truly are my leader. Jesus, you truly are worth everything to me. And honestly, you know, 15 years, 17 years later from that moment, man, I I would give that gold necklace again and again and again. Because it set. My heart on a course where I continually make these decisions, where I say, Jesus, I will put you first. And I'm telling you making the Jesus decision, deciding to follow him in the big things in my life and in the little things has been the best course my life could have ever taken. And what when we give it, it communicates what we see Jesus as. Number two, when we extravagantly worship, it changes the atmosphere. As this woman takes the alabaster bar or jar or box she smashes it on the ground and says it's broken and the scripture says the aroma filled the room the aroma of this fragrance filled the room when we extravagantly give and worship it changes the atmosphere it changes the atmosphere because when we're broken the true aroma of our sacrifice is released just like when you crush a root like a pepper. It's through that crushing, the true aroma can be released. And I I realize that there are people in this room, and you guys have gone through some things. You've gone through divorces and financial tragedies and debts. But you've chosen to say, Jesus, I still trust you. I still worship you. There are people in this place, you've gone through some painful words and just things that you never thought would happen to me. People that just betrayed you and pierced you. But in that time, you said, Jesus, I choose to worship you. And I want to tell you, in those crushing times, and when you worship Jesus with it, that testimony from the test, it is a beautiful aroma to the Lord. When we choose to worship, not Jesus just in the good times, but in the bad times, it is a beautiful aroma. There's this quote by me Watchman, It says this, The breaking of the alabaster box and the anointing of the Lord filled the house with the sweetest odor. Everyone can smell it. Whenever you meet someone who has really suffered, been limited, gone through things for the Lord, willing to be imprisoned by the Lord, just being satisfied with Him and nothing else, immediately you scent the fragrance. There's a savor of the Lord. Something has been crushed. Something has been broken. And there is a resulting odor of sweetness. You know, I, I believe that in Bellevue, that there are places that need order of your sacrificial worship. There are places of darkness and just disparity and desperate hearts where they need the sweet order of the Lord, the sweet presence of God. And that kilos, that's why we want to make known the beauty of Jesus. It's why we want to do beautiful things to the Lord, because our prayer is Jesus, with the fragrance of your presence spread out through this place. When people know your greatness and your name, and when we worship, I'm telling you what, just like this alabaster jar from this woman, when we worship in brokenness, when we worship when it hurts, when we say, Lord, we trust you with our life, even if everyone rejects us, even if people hate on our love, we will be a people that keep on loving. And we are a community that loves well already. The way you guys gave sacrificially at Sophia's Way, that women's shelter we went to a couple weeks ago, where you guys took your your Saturday night and you cleaned and you met people and you said, hey, you might have been battered, you might have been in a situation of domestic abuse, but there's a community here that says, hey, we see you, we love you, God loves you. He has a plan for you. You're not rejected. You're not alone. God's people are here saying God loves you. He likes you. He has your back and will be there. And I'm telling you what, that sacrificial worship is a sweet presence to the Lord and it is a sweet presence that fell through the east side and all of Washington so desperately need. And when we worship, it changes the atmosphere. And my prayer is that as we launch small groups, when we launch local and church planning, kind of outreaches that we would say, Jesus, we might be broken, but in that brokenness, we choose to worship you. And people might hate on our love, saying we're doing it for our own agenda, saying, hey, you could have done this for that, or you could do it for this. When people criticize us, like this woman was criticized by Judas, we would say, hey, even if people hate on our love, we're going to keep on loving Jesus. Even if people hate on our love, we're going to keep on making a difference in value. Because we want to change the atmosphere for the glory of Jesus to make known the beauty of Jesus. Can we get a good amen in this place? Yeah. Come on, somebody. And when we worship, it changes the atmosphere. I want to even prove it right now. I want to share a video with you of something that happened right here in Seattle. And you're even going to sense that in the story of sacrificial giving, the atmosphere in this room will change. And I pray that this video would inspire us to partner with what Jesus is doing and be like this woman Alabaster Jar, who says, Jesus, I know what you're worth. Jesus, I'm willing to worship you in my brokenness to change your atmosphere. So let's play this video, would you? I and mean seen in your entire life. community, our church, where we are from, we greatly love Rachel and continue to love her family. And I'm overwhelmed with how greatly you have honored her memory.
1: Uh, so please
0: receive uh, my most deepest and heartfelt thanks. You've done a great honor today, so thank you. <coughs> I think I've cried every time I've watched this video. So the thing that this, this girl, she got it. She said, on my birthday, I, I want to raise money to help others. I want to be part of the Lord's work on Earth. And it, it inspired people all over the world to give to this God over a million dollars. And it, it changed the atmosphere As she laid down her birthday, ultimately laying down her life it's it's just something the world can't ignore. It's something that the Lord can't ignore. You know, this birthday season we say, Jesus, we want you to have our hearts. Jesus, we want you to have our our lives. That's what this is all about. That's what this worship is all about. And and this, this best gift offering, we're we saying, as Kills Church wanna raise twenty-six thousand dollars so we can start 2018 strong. I'm just saying like If you're just giving because you're trying to get pleasure from the Lord, just know that He already.